Ah, a movie that's low budget and controversial. It feels just like home. Hi, I'm Nato Kitchen. On this week's episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Rana Cooking Association, we look at Bruce LeBruce's Hustler White. And tonight I'm joined by two friends who have some very um, strange and arguably made-up kinks. First, just mentioned Vacation Bible School to her. It's Amelia. Hello. I'm Amelia, and uh, on this episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, I am very excited and also a little nervous to share my ultimate kink with everyone. I hope nobody shames me for this, but I just want to let everybody know that for the longest time, I've uh, been existing in the realm of the internet where uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy and the hamburger helper hand <laughs> um, engage in loving affairs and romances. And if you want to know more about this, I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Thanks, so. God damn it. They're an expert on jacuzzi safety for one reason or another. It's Ro. Hi, everybody. My name is Ro. And my kink is uh, being held while also not being touched. <laughs> I think, I think which, is nowhere near, <laughs> which is nowhere near as interesting as Pillsbury Doughboy Hamburger Helper Hand fanfic. But <laughs> you know what? We don't we don't shame you for your ships here on the Gay Anarchist Yoga Neurotic Cooking Association. We do not shame here, but we do have a very long content warning for this episode because this movie is a it's a lot. Uh, if you have <laughs> issues with the possible discussion of topics relating to hardcore kink, including but not limited to bondage, restraint, roleplay, raceplay, mummification, intentional body harm, skinheads, sex work, and other possible topics along those lines, this is not your episode. And uh, the good news is we have a really great backlog, uh, so go indulge yourselves uh, and our streaming numbers. Um, you know, Heartstop- we just did Heartstoppers a few weeks ago, and that's almost a Bruce LeBruce movie for kids. <laughs> um, so go, go watch Murder that. in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so... Such a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm at a loss because there really isn't that much of a plot. Like, uh, there's a through line where a writer named Jorgen Jorgen Anger, played by uh, director Bruce Bruce, is trying to get a hold of a hustler named Montgomery Ward uh, in order to get information for a book he's writing. But the rest of it is just these really small visionettes uh, that may or may not have to do with the main through line. Um, if anything, this film is an exploitation of kink and hustler culture more than a narrative and is more known for its use of real hustlers and porn actors anyway. It's a very voyeuresque film and we're about to get into spoiler territory, spoiler territory. So onto the spoiler, but we go toot toot. So, um, <laughs> I gotta know from you two, uh, yes. who's, whose dick was best. 
Um, I lost track, to be honest with you. There were so many. Um, I'm going to go with the piercing yeah, we- guy. <laughs> Just just for the <laughs> just for the pure aesthetics and entertainment value of the amount of piercings that this man had on his genitals. You love you like a Prince Albert, Amelia. <laughs> I don't know if you read my notes, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was a very pointed question. <laughs> yeah, we just zoom past that two dick rule, and I, I, I think this is actually the record for the most dicks in a movie we've seen so far so mr labruce if you want um i i've actually made this trophy for you uh for most dicks featured in a movie talked about on Gekka. Uh and if you want to come pick that up or zelda williams uh you are always welcome to come pick up this award for some reason um I, I'm sure this would have been a lot funnier had we watched this closer to when this joke was written. So I, I want to have a little fun here. I want you two to try and explain what happens in this movie because it's a little everywhere. Would you say that it's everything everywhere all at once? <laughs> Maybe not all at once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here for topical humor, <laughs> especially in the middle of a kink episode. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie has a lot in it. <laughs> there are um, a lot of things, for sure. There are, there are a lot of things going on in this movie. Um, it doesn't really, it's not really trying to pull any punches either. Like it, it's loosely narrative, but it also feels kind of like like a documentary sort of thing. Not not that it's shot in a documentarian way, but like just thanks to the narrative and the plot, it kind of just happens. This is like the encyclopedia. Of, like, hustler culture and kink. This movie felt a lot like, um, a lot more like some kind of, like, visual art piece. Like, a visual art and mood piece about kink and, like, counterculture than it did, like, a proper movie with, like, a consistent plot. I mean, there's definitely plot happening. Yeah. But it... It's not in the front seat. It's not. It you know like there's there's like a through through line like a narrative um, that I think is tying things together. But I think beyond that, like really, I think the the main focus in this uh, movie is kind of like just kink, like all these different kinks that are very counterculture. Um, I'm honestly surprised that there wasn't like scat somewhere in this movie. <laughs> So also can we talk about? It should also be we... mentioned that that Bruce of Bruce, uh, the the around the times that Bruce that Bruce Bruce came out, there was sort of this thing called queercore, which was sort of like queer punk, uh, like kind of like uh, almost like an evolution of like Riot Girl. Um, I don't know how to properly say Riot Girl, but um, Bruce. Of, Bruce and Bruce's films have sort of like the same ideas and aesthetic. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I actually found uh, basically like the 10 rules Bruce of Bruce uh, came up with uh, for making like a provocative film. Would y'all like to hear them? Absolutely. Yes. Number one, question authority. Ow! So, number one, question authority. That was that was NATO's cat questioning its authority. <laughs> number two, support your local pornographer. All porn is art. Number three, don't be ashamed to use shock value and sheer provo- provo- yeah. provocation as ends in themselves. Number four, challenge conventions, both formal cinematic ones and cultural heteronormative ones. Number five, support your local prostitute, because you are probably one too. (laughs) Six, kill your cinematic idols, which I really like. Um, Seven, make porn, not war. Number eight, challenge the gay orthodoxy. Number nine, shock yourself. If you think you've gone too far, it's probably a good sign artistically speaking. And ten, never succumb to political correctness or conventional wisdom. It's all kind of solid advice. Yeah. Um, I read an interview with Bruce LaBruce, well, like right after I watched the movie, or right towards the end of it. And yeah, that pretty much tracks with all the things that he was saying in his interview. Um He's kind of awesome. <laughs> he is like like <laughs> like this whole interview he was talking about how like you know a lot of like leftist politics like are basically the flip side of like the the right where they're like leaving out like you know people of color, uh trans people and stuff like that and it ends up becoming very hypocritical. Um and how in a lot of his films he's trying to go directly against that. So I don't know. I just that tracks exactly with what he said. So I yeah. I mean, if you I'm look at like, <laughs> it's almost like each decade we've had sort of like this provocateur like filmmaker. So mm-hmm. we had like John Waters in the seventies, and I know that his like career extended on, but like his start was like in the seventies. We had Bruce LaBruce, whose real start was like in the eighties, and we had Gregor Rocky, whose real start was like in the nineties and stuff like that. And it's just kind of interesting to see sort of like that progression because if you look at Pink Flamingos and you look at uh, The Living End compared to this movie you can see a lot of similarity as, as far as presentation and ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It has a very similar kind of like grungy feel to it, like a very grungy, like punk, punk feel to it that I think comes through in a lot of uh, John Waters's older films as well. Um, I feel like th- there, there is a very punk element to this movie and it's weird because in this movie, to me, it feels dialed down when you compare it to other movies that Bruce LeBruce has made. Yeah. This is dialed down compared to other movies? Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, wait, just wait till you see Raspberry Rake. Uh, yeah, I was thinking specifically <laughs> of Raspberry Rake, which, by the way, I'm... 
Do y'all get I'm seizures? Hope, uh, by the way, I'm I hoping to God. <laughs> I do not. I'm hoping to God that we get to watch Raspberry Rag for this podcast because <laughs> I happened upon it once and I and I watched it <laughs> and it freaked my little brain. I'm telling you what. <laughs> I watched Raspberry Rike a few weeks ago with uh, one of my friends because uh, we were just like, oh yeah, I heard that this was like a cult film and so like, and it's been like a decade since I last saw it. So I was like, huh, I don't really remember it, but it's probably going to have like penises and, you know, awkward lines in it. So like, <laughs> let's just get drunk and watch more it. Than, and it a lot just, more than penises lo- happening in that movie. It was a lot for my uh, alcohol-addled mind. Uh, there is nothing I want more than to watch Raspberry Rike with other people. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there um, and watch them watch it. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was this time when por- pornographic films were actually seen as, uh, you know, the new, quote-unquote, like, indie films and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, this is where indie filmmaking was going and then, like, the 80s happened and no one cared anymore. I feel <laughs> that. There there was a lot of, like, really artistic porn going on. Definitely. What do you think, the for you, <laughs> are elements that would make, would distinguish porn from uh, erotic art? Part. Porn from part. <laughs> from porn art? <laughs> porn um, art. Well, I think... In in the case of filmmaking, porn to me calls to mind more of like direct, like unfiltered stimulation. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're gonna see sex, it's gonna be real sex, and very much not simulated. Like I don't know. If any of the sex in this movie was actually, like, real, like, penetration going on, but I know that, like, very, like, the kink is very much real. I think one of the the distinguishing things, because while I was watching this movie, that was kind of a question that I had, like, what, how is this different from, like, a, just a regular plain porn movie, right? And I think one of the things that, really, like, separates this from, you know, just porn or whatever um, in my mind is that, like, a lot of the angles um, and a lot of, like, the shots and, like, just the lighting and stuff like that is so much more artistic and, like, uh, fuck, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's arranged in a way that's, like, kind of makes, emulates, like, kind some kind of emotion from the viewer, right? Um whether it's, like, the shock value they're going for during, like, the, you know, amputee uh, <laughs> scene. Have the stump. <laughs> Is um, it a thing that they say in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, um, whereas I think, for the most part, if you're talking about porn that just flat out isn't artistic, right? Because obviously there's like a middle ground here. Um, but if you're talking about just straight porn, the only emotion that it's really trying to get out of the viewer is being horny. 
you know, there, there's not, like, necessarily any, I mean, like, there's, there's not really any, like, play on, like, the lighting and the shadows and, like, you know, oh, let's yeah. have this, there's, like, super artistic camera angle. There's, like, <laughs> a difference in mindset between just trying to get your audience off and, like, trying to tell a story mm-hmm. about, uh, or, like, make a statement about sexuality. But go with me. Okay. <laughs> so he has to make a porno, but he's got artistic intent in him. Did you just send me a picture? I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he he has his artistic intention, like the director of this thing, right? N- not this thing, but, you know, it's hypothetical. He has his artistic intent about what he wants to say, but he still has to make a porno. Does the... Would, in this hypothetical... The inclusion of his intent to make a statement elevate the more traditional porno that he has to make into something that is more akin to part. Part. <laughs> Honestly, I think it depends on... It. I think a lot of it depends on intent and also who's in control of the creative process. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times the person who's in control of the creative process is some big porn agency who have like very specific ideas about the kind of movies that they want to make. Okay, so let's and let's the kind go of back people then. that they want to hire to make them. Let's go back then to the person who made this film, uh, Bruce LaBruce, who plays this amazing, nerdy, and pretentious writer. And uh, what I get out of it is that um, the idea of, you know, the outsider, someone trying to get cred off another person's pain kind of thing. Uh, He, like, he narrates during a porn shoot. He's belittling, and yet he also kind of fetishizes all these people. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about Jurgen? <laughs> Jurgen cracked me up. Um, I think my initial note about Jurgen was that I hate him, but I love him as a character. Because I think he was just, like, such a an archetype of this kind of, like, snooty and, like, self-important, removed um, artiste, Right. That that's just like observing humanity and observing mankind and like I I think that that scene where he's you know narrating the porn just illustrates that so perfectly. It cracks me up so much watching yeah. that scene, listening <laughs> to him describe. He's not like, doing his job in like these auteur kind of terms, like. <laughs> This is exactly what's going on in this porn set. And I'm like, oh my god. It's, <laughs> Just it's, let the boys fuck. <laughs> it's kind of funny that like someone n- known for being so provocative like Bruce Bruce, can like very easily like sell this one persona. Because like, no offense to Bruce Bruce, but like in this he does extremely look like a nerd versus, you know, like a core, like punk rocker. Yeah, but I think it says something about him 
that like in his mind he's like so removed from th- the porn making that's happening in front of him that he doesn't even like really consider like the effect on the set that his <laughs> Oh no, I'm talking about real Bruce Bruce. <laughs> no, I know, but I I just think I think that's a funny choice as a person who's creating a character. You know what I just realized his character in this movie reminds me of? What? Okay, okay. I mean this, no, but I mean this with the least (laughs) amount of offense possible. But imagine if Ben Shapiro became a gay writer (laughs) that (laughs) went to Hollywood. (laughs) So Montgomery Ward is... Um, also, this kind of chill hustler that goes with the flow. He's not afraid to get sexy while knowing his limits. Also, a super sweet family man. Like that, the scene of him uh, in the bathtub with his kid. Um, also, intentionally wears a shirt wrong, and I don't know how to feel about that. Also, criminal. Tell me more about Monty. Um, I think Monty's an interesting character. Yeah. Um, he's, he's kind of like, in this movie, he gets reduced to like a tour guide almost. Like, he commits a crime and then gets blackmailed into giving, what's his name, artiste? Jurgen. Bruce Jurgen. <laughs> he kind of gets blackmailed into giving Jurgen a tour of Santa Monica. <laughs> which is very, which was very informative tour, by the way. Do you think that this movie would have benefited if, because uh, a lot of Monty, which I one thing I really respect about Monty that you don't see a lot in this is just like he he'll be like, no, that's not my thing. Here's another person who's into that. You know. On the other hand, do you think it would have been more interesting for his character to do more of like sort of like um, the kink acts that we see? Not necessarily. Um, I thought it was really. So I know this is a really short movie, right? And there's not like a huge amount of character development, but I felt as if the fact that. Monty was um, a hustler uh, but wasn't interested in doing porn, wasn't really participating in any of the kinks. Um, It kind of broke, I think, the stereotypes um, that I think a lot of people have about what it means to be like a prostitute or what it means to be a sex worker of any sort, right? Like, oh, well, if you're okay with like this one thing, you're going to be okay with everything else, obviously. Um, but obviously Monty wasn't and he was okay with like being a fluffer, um, but not being on screen or on camera. I felt that made his character a lot more dynamic, um, than if it had just been like a stereotype of a sex worker. And it's also really nice to have like this dynamic where you see a person who's a sex worker who is free to pick and choose their clients mm-hmm. and to like say no to people that want things out of him that he's just not prepared to give right it's yeah. it sets it sets a standard for like the 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 work environment of a hustler you know what i mean mhm 
Like, you... if you're gonna do it, do it on your own terms. How do you think that the purpose of showing real acts, like, cutting contrast the viewpoint of LaBruce's character. Well, I think it's interesting to include stuff like that when you're telling a story about a character that's, like, trying to peer behind the curtain of this world. But, like, it really hits home that, like, there's a lot of stuff that he's never going to see. <laughs> And almost like what I got out of it was that, you know, he's not getting because of like his sort of like secondary goal of finding the whoever owned the bloody shirt. He's not letting himself actually experience like the real world that he's writing about, you know, imagine Jorgen being mummified. He, he couldn't because you have to be like very patient and very still. Things can go wrong if you like start sweating too much and overheat. Like he couldn't do it, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think Jorgen as a character to me just feels so removed from the mm-hmm. world he was trying to write about. And I think that was a point that I was trying to get at earlier as well. Is like, like he wants to observe and he wants to be removed from this world but like there's a lot of doors that he's like not prepared to open (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what this room all reminds me of in like the weirdest way possible is the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson uh where like compared to what we expect from like documentaries it would just be told by someone who has no connection to what they're writing about, what they're making the documentary about. They're just kind of like observing and telling the story, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's not as impactful as like getting um, like the eyes of someone who's inside that community telling the story. It's, it's firsthand versus secondhand, right? Yeah. You'd, you'd rather get this story from someone who is there then hear this story from someone who heard this story from someone who was there. Which is why I think that these, like, nice, like, the vignettes of these, like, little kink situations throughout the movie are really nice. Because it feels like you're being, you're being told that story by, you know, someone who's really living that story. But, oh man, if you've never heard of any of these, uh, I want to say, uh, subsections of kink, you're going to be in for a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amelia, <laughs> how many kinks can you remember from this movie? I'm just curious. All right, hold on. Let me, let me go through a mental list here. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. Let me add a ding to all of these. <laughs> okay, so there was mummification. Ding. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Ding. Cutting. Ding. Suspension. Ding. Uh, just, I feel like typical run-of-the-mill BDSM, but, like, with people watching. Um, Ding. <laughs> voyeurism. <laughs> oh, yeah, voyeurism. There we go. <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> I know words. Um, 
That the obviously the amputee. Pink. Uh, getting gangbanged specifically by black men. Uh, race play. Pink. Race play. Yeah, that's what that's called. I forgot about that. Um, let's see, there's, there's also, more. There's, oh, there's role play, isn't there? That, yep, there is role play. I'm pretty sure. We there's, did an auto-sophistication uh, already. Um, there's uh, spanking. Spanking, yep. Ping. Urination. Ping. Oh, there's legging. Forgot about that one. Le- legging? Ampu- yeah, with yes. the amputee. <laughs> <laughs> Such a long content warning for this episode. Uh, uh, cross-dressing. Ping. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a good solid... 13 or 14 so <laughs> i wasn't counting i was just dinging <laughs> oh i was counting as i went along <laughs> and i'm sure that we haven't even yeah i'm sure there's all. some we missed there was there was that weird thing at the end of the movie where jürgen was really into like person personifying what he thought was Monty's dead body. Uh, where he was, he like brought it to the beach and started like talking to it and like telling it secrets. A, would that be necrophilia? I think so. Yeah, wouldn't it? I mean, except Maybe. he didn't actively engage. In he didn't actively. Act, but... Yeah, not until Monty came back to life. But it was darn it. it. Was... <laughs> Why that, would you come back? to That life? could be a kink, and I wonder if it has a name. I'm pretty it sure it's just under specific. necrophilia. Um, Interesting. I, <laughs> listeners, am I wrong? Please correct me. Let, write down in our Facebook comments what the actual <laughs> name of that kink you can, is. You can tweet us at gayekapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. <laughs> email, email all of our mothers um, with that information. <laughs> Hit me up by fax. I'll drop my number <laughs> later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a lot of kinks, especially for one movie. Um, and it's not a very long movie. I think it's only an hour and twenty minutes. Were any of these? Ki- which of these kinks, or were there any kinks in particular that made you feel kind of? And this was this is not a bad thing, especially since this is how Bruce LaPruis, the filmmaker, wanted us to feel. Did any of these kinks make you feel uneasy uh, watching them, like, kind of play out? Well, I mean, obviously, the first thing that jumps to mind is blood play. Yeah, that's always been a hard, like, no for me, personally. Yeah, it's, it's a hard pass, but, like, I know that there are people who are mm-hmm. into it. And no shame and, to them. That's not my intention. And if you're <laughs> and if you're going to do it, it was very smart of them to do it on the back, mm-hmm. where there are few to none major blood vessels that you can cut through. This movie contains my favorite kink, which is heckling Nazis. Yeah, and skinheads. <laughs> I think I think that is a kink we can all get behind. Heckle all the Nazis. We'll find out more as we watch Raspberry Reich. Um, <laughs> oh God. Oh, oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what other there there are quite a few kind of unsettling moments in this movie, aren't there? I know a friend of mine got really upset about um the race play, the black superiority race play. And Yeah. I mean, 
if it's your thing, it's a lot better than white superiority race play. Well, but I mean, I think it's not the same thing, right? Because you're talking it's about an oppressed very group. Much not the same like, thing. And 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 you know, to be fair, like in real life, like race play porn, that that is what a lot of it is. Is you know, shit talking on like the white person that they're gang banging, like. <laughs> <laughs> that wonder bread wrong. that wonder bread thing sent me though i could not <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> the beeper got me the beeper joke it's like whose beeper is that is that yours <laughs> hey, do, you have a, do you have a phone and they just like hand him a phone very politely <laughs> speaking of um going back to an earlier question you had um the most magnificent venus um I will say about the race play scene, there were a lot of very magnificent penises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> just, just even from an aesthetic point of view, this is very nice penises. Congrat- congratulations <laughs> on your nice penises, gentlemen. Also, uh, I kind of want to say... Your mother and father must be very proud of you. <laughs> I want to say, like... Mm, for the most part, there's like, with exception, it's really nice to see sort of like the chill kink community, you know, something that that's not like dark and dungeons and scary. It's just kind of like, you know, kind of fun um, and, you know, sexy and pleasurable for the for the most part. Um, and because we and don't sometimes... really we don't get to see that a lot. And sometimes it was very informative. Mm-hmm. Like, I re- what I to really do lo- when, when your partner passes out from autoerotic asphyxiation? I really liked when they played the the informational PSA kink and bondage in you. Um, it's like this is how to make a knot. This is how to untie yourself. That was like a weird like five minutes, just like because it kind of like stuck out there but i learned so much from that psa made by the u.s government about bondage <laughs> that silence you know means what that no one got my joke I think, so i'm just gonna I, move on no i think <laughs> along those lines if you're if the people are gonna do it you might as well teach them how to do it safe so that you don't have to call the firemen to like cut your partner out of a rope harness that you accidentally fastened yeah. with untieable knots. That's right. So, uh, um, I really feel bad that, you know, some of the only places you can find Bruce Bruce films streaming right now are like Pornhub. Uh, just a little while ago, they put uh, Hustler White on Vimeo. My next thing that I am very upset about and not faking at all and also something that i'm going to say i want and then totally put forth the effort to do it uh, is i want a streaming service for like erotic art films it seems like something i'm surprised that something like that doesn't already exist honestly mm-hmm. yeah because they just drop them all on like you know x hamster Considering the amount of <laughs> movies with... I don't know what these sites that y'all are mentioning are. I'm a good Christian lady. 
<laughs> Amelia oh, Duck. Oh my god, Amelia. <laughs> you can find her on OnlyFans at Good Christian Lady. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about one. Hold, hold on, just, just ignore me. Keep going or something. Stall, <laughs> stall. Amelia, uh, Amelia.com is taken. Yeah, because isn't it the oh, Amelia no. Island website? <laughs> I'm not going there to find out. Um. <laughs> well, I think. Is there anything else y'all would like to talk? Oh, there there is one more thing. Two more things. Uh, that I have questions about that I feel like we should, you know, do the talking about. Uh, talking is my kink, which is why I started a podcast, because I'm white. Um, so <laughs> what is the soundtrack? Uh, great. Amazing. <laughs> I loved the soundtrack for this. That cover of Tainted Love, I actually really liked. Which one? There's two of them. The the chase scene one. Oh yeah. <laughs> what other song? What uh, other song? Uh, There's another song that they covered in this movie that was really good, and I wasn't taking notes because <laughs> I was too busy watching the movie. Painted love. <laughs> Don't. There's Don't Fear the Reaper. That was fun. Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, That's by the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls? The no Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, this is a great soundtrack. I like this one. They just they 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 just want you to know who they are, NATO. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they let their song show up in a Bruce Bruce movie. <laughs> I know who the Goo Goo Dolls are. It's that one blonde dude with like the emo hair, but he's not emo because he's blonde. Uh, without like any highlights. So, um, does this movie make you want to see more Bruce of Bruce? Yes, absolutely. And we will watch more Bruce of Bruce after we get to John Waters. Thank um, you, Nato. You know me, I aim to please. All right. Well, I think that pretty much sums up everything. Ah, so Amelia, did this movie mummify you with happiness or make you lose your footing? (laughs) Uh, Definitely mummified me with happiness. (laughs) I just got that joke. (laughs) (laughs) No. I guess it stumped you for a while. Oh, God! Oh, oh man! <laughs> I'm sorry, Amelia. I totally stole your moment. No, no. I <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Amelia. Let me know when you get back on your feet. <laughs> oh, God, stop. <laughs> Um, I would definitely watch this m- movie again uh, and other Bruce LaBruce films. <laughs> Bro, did this movie make you want to write out loud during a porn shoot or make you want to drive around pretentiously and uh, drive around being pretentious and rude to people all day? Um, 
I think definitely... You know how interesting it actually would be to be on the set of a porn shoot? Like, how professional are the people that just operate equipment on a porn <laughs> shoot to just stand there while people are busy doing their business and just, like, focus on the job at hand? Like, what pros? What absolute pros? A lesser people man. Who, <laughs> people who make porn videos deserve our respect. <laughs> For the important work that they do. <laughs> a lesser man but, named yeah. Nato would have hit someone talking out loud with his boom stick. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have paid to see that. But yeah, watch this movie. Show this movie to your friends. Show this movie to your conservative relatives. See what they do. <laughs> ask, play a fun game and ask them to guess what you're into. Based on this movie. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie, you're into watching it later. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gagapod. That's G-O-I-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, and why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. Hi, Socorro. You're just in time. <laughs> I'm Nito Kitch, and the real Hustler White are the friends we made along the way. You know the funny thing... <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, before we started recording, Amelia was like, we're all going to hell. <laughs> and after and after finishing the podcast, I'd have to say, yes, we are. We sure are. <laughs> we are all going to hell. <laughs> Yay, handbaskets. <laughs>